Hey there, welcome to the God Class Podcast. We're happy to have you tuned in here and we believe that you will leave blessed. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Okay, so the first thing I want us to discuss is the objectives of today. The objectives of today. The objective, this is our, our second message on growth, focusing on spiritual growth. And what we're going to discuss is today's objectives. The, first of all, the objective is, what, or basically, what are we trying to learn? We are trying to learn the following things. Number one, what is spiritual growth? Number one, what is spiritual growth? Number two, how can I grow spiritually? How can I grow spiritually? Number three, well, basically, that's it. Just these two things are what we are going to be discussing today. What is spiritual growth? How can I grow spiritually? Okay, what is spiritual growth? And how can I grow spiritually? So write this down for me, please. Galatians 4 verse 1. Galatians 4 verse 1. It says that, Now I say that the heir, we are the heirs. It says that as long as we remain children, we are no different from a servant, although we are Lord of all. Although we are Lord of all, as long as we remain children, we are no different from a servant, although we are Lord of all. All right? And so what what I want us to discuss is how we can grow spiritually. Because until we grow spiritually, we cannot be any different from servants. Until we grow spiritually, we cannot be any different from servants. All right? So what is spiritual growth? Write this down. All right? So what is spiritual growth? Spiritual growth is the general increase in a man's spiritual maturity and capacity. This is the core definition. Spiritual growth is the general increase in a man's spiritual maturity and capacity. Spiritual growth is the general increase in a man's spiritual Spiritual growth is the general increase in a man's spiritual maturity and capacity. That aspect capacity is capturing a man's ability to be able to manifest the different dimensions of God. The aspect maturity is capturing a man's ability to both understand and communicate the different dimensions of God. But the capacity is speaking of the ability of a man to manifest, to demonstrate the different dimensions of God. So the maturity is speaking about things like wisdom. The maturity is speaking of things like your Bible knowledge, etc. The capacity is speaking of things of the spirit, the healings, the miracles, the ability to speak a word and see it manifest. All right. So spiritual growth is that general increase in your ability to manifest the wisdom, the sense the dimensions of God when it comes to intellect, when it comes to well, how you speak, how you act, and then your capacity to, 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 to be able to demonstrate the power of God. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. All right, guys, are you with me? Keep writing these things down. All right. Then I continue to say that it is the growth in the man's understanding of the ways of God and the manifestation of his character and power so the maturity is the aspect that understands the ways of god the capacity is the aspect that manifests his character and 
power. So it is the growth in the man's understanding of the ways of God and the manifestation of his character and power. You see yourself growing spiritually when you are able to manifest the various natures of God, his love, his compassion, his mercy, his generosity. You see it when you are able to manifest the various dimensions of his power, healing, speaking a word, favor, uh, deliverance, etc. All right? You see it when you are able to understand the ways of God. Understand the ways of God. This is the definition of spiritual maturity for HSM. Amen. Awesome. Now, the, then the next thing is, how can I grow spiritually? How can I grow spiritually? There are five things that I wrote down. All right. So, how can I grow spiritually? There are five things. I've taught you guys before that it is very wrong concerning this kingdom to say that unless the Bible clearly states it, to say that there are only five things. No. Because there are many dimensions of God that you may not see. Today, I was in prayer. Uh, I went to see a couple of people and I was in prayer. And I was seeing a vision. But as I was seeing the vision, I was seeing that in the corner of my eye, there was another vision to be seen. But it was covered from me. And so as my spirit man was trying to see that vision, I could not see it. And I, I, and I typed it down in my notes, my prophetic notes, that there was a vision to be seen that I could not see. Why was it covered from me? So meaning if you, you can't think you are understanding something, but even whilst understanding, there is something in that understanding you will not understand. Am I speaking to you? I hope you are not confused. Amen. It's like how some of you are fast, um, short-sighted. You can see, but things are far, you cannot see. So to assume that it is Kojo who is standing there because Kojo has the same shirt is very wrong, right? So you must understand that you don't know everything. So I cannot say there are only five ways to grow spiritually. No. But these are the five ways that the Lord has revealed to us. All right? The very first way, write this down. The very first way in growing spiritually, write this down. The very first way in growing spiritually is the school of the spirit. And I'm not talking about this program. I'm talking about that school, that establishment after which this program is named. The school of the Holy Spirit or the school of the spirit. Where the Holy Spirit in fellowship will teach you mighty and many things. Amen. That's number one. The school of the spirit. Number two, the second way to grow spiritually, the second way to grow spiritually is through prayer. Oh my, 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 my. No man, writes this down, no man can claim they have gone spiritually if their prayer life is lacking. You cannot know spiritual growth outside of their prayer life. You cannot know spiritual growth outside of your prayer life. Be so, I am being very emphatic about this. Those of you who don't like praying, you love reading the word, but you don't like praying. You are reading death into your system. The Bible says that the spirit gives life, but the letter kills. And the spirit can only be activated through prayer. Prayer. You cannot grow spiritually outside of prayer. Amen. Amen. 
the third point, the third point I'll teach you about, the third thing that will help you grow spiritually, and it's one thing that this house, we love to do, we love to do it. The third thing is fasting. Ay, 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 ay. One of my friends says something. He says, his name is Pastor Bright. He's a pastor at Perez Chapel. He says something. He said, a young man must be lean, tender, lean from praying and fasting. You must be lean. If you are not 24, 23, and you are obolo as a young man, you must fast. Because fasting, the fasting must eat away your flesh. Fasting must eat you up. A young man, oh, what? No young man should be eager to just hit the gym. First, you must hit the fasting. Ladies in the house, when a young man is approaching you and he's trying to impress you with his muscle, ask him, how many times a week do you fast? Because you, 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 to attain certain heights, you must fast. Hey, you must fast. You see, the body, I told you the last time, or I told a couple of people, that the flesh is a spiritual thing. It is not a physical thing. Because you cannot battle... Um, physical things versus spiritual things no they must battle on the same plane so for the bible to say that the flesh and the spirit are at war then it means that both of them are in the same plane they are both spiritual things now when you are sad when someone does something to you and it hurts you have you realized that the first thing that your your flesh does is that it stops eating one thing that easily happens to you if you are sad you are down you are dep- you stop eating you say you lose appetite <laughs> even the flesh knows that when there is trouble food must be put aside did you catch that did you catch that even the flesh knows that when there is trouble food must be put aside and yet you are eh, eh, whatever is happening in your life you are always eating when we say we are fasting a, a, a man at the age of 24, we say we are fasting. You go and text the leader, my stomach will be hurt, so I'll do it till 12. Hey! Can someone say, hey? The Lord says, I can tell you. The Lord says, I can tell you. Alright? For visitation conference, I fasted three days non-stop. Three days. Till you do till 12, 1, then you are grinding. Charlie, my stomach, my stomach. Three days, non stop going. Well, there was a point in the service I thought I would faint. So, if I don't know if you guys realize, but I sat on the carpet. You thought I was doing something spiritual. No, please. I was in pain. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Three days, no food. Seeking the face of God that he should change your lives. He should visit us and change your lives. It does not come by eating jollof before that service. Praise the Lord. It does not come by eating wache and cocoa. There must be a seeking of the Lord. Amen. So you must fast. A young man must be leaned from fasting. The fourth thing that you will need to do if you want to grow spiritually is you must study the word. You must study the word. You must study the word. Study the word. Study the word. Everything has a manual. Everything has a manual. 
And if you want to prosper, if you want to accelerate, if you want to advance, you must learn the manual. You must interact with the manual. You must see how it works out. How do I how do I do this? The manual will tell you. How do I do that? The manual will tell you. You must come into contact with the manual. Say, come into contact with the manual. Come into contact with the manual. Now, the fifth thing that I will talk about in this spiritual growth season is the church or the body of Christ. You must, you must. I can't scream this loud enough for those of you who don't belong to any department, for those of you who have decided to not serve, for those of you who have decided that, oh, yours is just to come for one service and you are done. No, sir, no, ma. You must be belong to a church and the definition of belonging to a church is to be of service to a church you must you must you want to grow spiritually you must belong to a church you want to grow spiritually you must belong to a church you must belong to a church you must have contact with the body of christ not just by visiting you must make sure that no matter what, you are never at the outer gates. The temple of God had three gates. The outer, the holy, and then the holy of holies. Okay? The holy of holies. The holy of holies, in this case, may be the leadership. Alright? And then the, the next, the, the level right behind it, I don't know if it was inner or holy, but then the level right behind it might be the church workers. Then the last level will be, the outer will be the, those of you who are just members, you are really behind and you are lacking. We will have a lot of meetings and a lot of powerful prayer sessions that you will not be available or you will not be present because you have decided not to join a department. If you truly want to work with God, you must be in a department. I'm telling you these things because the church is afraid to preach them because people will leave the church. Sir, if you are serving at a company, they will definitely give you a department. Nobody is working in a company and does not know which team they belong to. And you are saying you are in the body of Christ, but you don't have a department? No, sir. You must belong to a department. You must. That is how you belong to the church. Are you in protocol? You are a big, tough guy. You are not in protocol? Why? What are you waiting for? You think you are busy? Hey. You cannot be busier than the person who stands behind the pulpit. I'm telling you for a fact. You've got work to do. The, the church must, the church will schedule it in such a way that you can still serve. You must serve. When you come for any service, you must serve. Amen. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you on the school of the spirit. And hopefully we'll also touch on prayer. Maybe prayer we will not finish, but we will touch on it. And then we will pray. So like I was saying, the school of the spirit is the first way a man can grow spiritually. And we are defining fellowship. That fellowship defined is the journey a man takes with the Holy Spirit to learn how to be like Christ. I said also that the purpose of the Holy Spirit when it comes to growth or spiritual growth cannot be ignored. He is the teacher 
and enabler. Please write it down. He is the teacher and enabler. A lot of people know him as teacher but don't know him as enabler. And so they struggle after he has taught to be able to do something. Ezekiel chapter number 2. Take me to verse 1 and 2. Ezekiel chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2. Ezekiel chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2. I'll show you the enabling spirit of the Holy Ghost. Then I'll teach. Ezekiel chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him speak to me. One thing you must realize is that although the Holy Spirit had taught the Son of Man what to do before he can receive the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit then did it for the Son of Man. He enabled him to stand upon his feet. Are you seeing what I'm seeing, people of God? He enabled him to stand upon his feet. The Holy Spirit is the teacher and the enabler when we want to grow spiritually. All right? Give me Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 6. No, first let me teach the element of the Holy Spirit that is the teacher. Give me 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. The book of John, 1 John chapter number 2, verse 27. 1 John chapter number 2, verse 27. 1 John chapter number 2, verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. It's speaking about the Holy Ghost. Anything that is in you is the Holy Ghost. And ye need not that any man teach you. Alright? But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. There it is. And is truth. There it is. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit that he is the spirit of truth. He's speaking about the Holy Ghost. So that that anointing inside you teaches you all things. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Give me John 14, verse 26. This is the first element that speaks of the Holy Ghost as a teacher. Give me John 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. The Holy Spirit. Put your hand upon your chest and say, The Holy Spirit, my teacher. God bless you. And so... The, the, John 14 verse 26 it says that but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whosoever I have said unto you whatsoever I have said unto you sorry so the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He must teach you so that you can grow spiritually. If the Holy, you must come into God. Listen to me and listen to me well. And I'll prove this to you from scripture. You cannot grow spiritually without first encountering the Holy Ghost. You cannot even encounter Jesus without first encountering the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Pastor Benny always says it this way. He said that Jesus Christ walked with the disciples for many years, but never once did any of them feel like they needed to repent of sin. 
Never once did any of them feel like they needed to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost had to convict them of sin. He is so necessary in the kingdom. A man cannot realize he is a sinful man until the Holy Ghost comes. So the day that the Holy Ghost came, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Ghost had come. He convicts man. You cannot encounter Jesus as the Son of God. You can encounter Jesus the Nazarene. You can encounter Jesus the Son of a carpenter. But to encounter Jesus the Son of God, that's why Jesus Christ said unto Peter that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Only the Holy Spirit can convict a man that Jesus is truly the Son of God. You must first contact the Holy Spirit before you can contact Jesus in this kingdom. The Holy Spirit, the teacher. Alright? The Holy Spirit, the teacher. And I can prove it to you that you need the Holy Spirit to come upon your life for spiritual growth. And I'll pray with you. We'll pray for the Holy Ghost after we are done. People will be baptized and speak in tongues. Those of you who have made a couple of mistakes here and there, you will receive grace to repent and the Holy Ghost will come upon you again. Give me Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 6. Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. A man can do nothing except the Holy Spirit permits, enables, and is certifies. Permits, stamps, and certifies or enables. The Holy Spirit must be involved. Your spiritual growth cannot be without the Holy Ghost. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. Galatians chapter number 4 verse 6. Galatians chapter number 4 verse 6. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That spirit of his son is the Holy Ghost. Now let me explain this to you. Let me explain it to you carefully. Alright. Your desire for Jesus, for God, for his heart, for his kingdom, cannot exist without Jesus or the spirit of Jesus being the Holy Ghost, being inside you, crying, Abba, Father. Crying, Abba, Father. Crying, Abba, Father. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of Jesus must be upon you. The Spirit of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit, must be within you. You must be able to cry, Abba, Father, from the Holy Ghost. So, whenever you realize that your hunger, your desire, your love for Jesus is reducing, check your relationship with the Holy Spirit, please. Whenever you realize that your desire for the Holy Spirit or your desire for Jesus has gone down. Check your relationship with the Holy Ghost. He is the one who gives you passion for the things of this kingdom. 
He is the one who gives you a burning desire for Jesus Christ. He is the one who gives you a yearn to fellowship with Jesus. You must, whenever you are not loving the church, you are not loving God, you are not loving Jesus, check your relationship with the Holy Ghost. You have ignored him. He who feeds you with hunger, you have ignored him. So that's why I'm saying that the Holy Spirit is the teacher of spiritual mysteries and spiritual truths. And he is the enabler. He will enable you to chase after spiritual mysteries and spiritual truths. Amen? Alright. Write this down. Write this down. Growth can primarily be by him and him alone. He alone can enable growth in us. I'll repeat that. Growth can primarily be by him and him alone. He alone can enable growth in us. I'll take it for the last time. Growth can primarily be by him and him alone. He alone can enable growth in us. Only the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, can cause you to desire Look at how amazing this is. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, goes to the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, John, they sleep. Could not wait for an hour. The Holy Spirit comes. The Bible tells us that the church prayed endlessly all night, waiting for Peter's return. The Bible tells us that James, in the book of James, tells us that the fervent prayer of the believer availeth much. How did these people learn this? The Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came. He must first come. That is the only way you will appreciate mysteries. The only way you will appreciate spiritual things is if your relationship with the Holy Spirit is intact. It must be intact. No man can stir you up, save the spirit. Amen. All right. Let's go to the second thing. Like I told you, we'll deal with two things. The second thing. Give me Luke 18 verse 1. And the second thing we're dealing with is prayer prayer now i love to call it prayer power there is a power that belongs to prayer the same way there is a power that belongs to the tongue for those of you who were available for that teaching praise the lord there is a power that belongs to prayer there is a power that belongs to prayer when the man mm, let me tell you of the men of old men of old who would gather and be on their knees and be in prayer and then the government will release an issue and say this that because of this and that and that we are doing this and the men of old will pray and overturn the ruling of the government 
men of old. Men of old would gather. They would not need titles. They did not need to be called bishop. They did not need to be called apostle. They did not need to be called God's great general. No, all they needed to be known of them is that they were servants of the king. They were men of prayer. They would gather. They would lock themselves up for 72 hours. They would gather. They would lock themselves up for 120 hours. They would be in prayer and they would be changing things around in the earth. Let me tell you something that truly every nation is run by behind the scene men. The Bible speaks of Daniel having been around for five different kings because he was truly the king of that nation. He was truly the one ruling over Babylon. To the extent that when the lions saw him in the lions, then they said, ah, they've thrown the king here. No, sir, we cannot chew you, sir. Sir, come and let's play Owari. That's what the lion said. I was there. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were not there. I was there. I was there. You were not there. I know you were not there, but I was there. That's what the lion said. The lion says, oh, sir, come and let's play Owari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick Owari. The first lion lost. Oh, these things, they don't teach you anymore in Sunday school. Hmm? The first lion lost. And then Daniel won the first game. Then the other lions were laughing at them. But, you know, these things, they don't teach you anymore in Sunday school. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Because men of prayer are men of power. Write it down. There's no other way. Let me tell you. You can substitute spaghetti with indomie. You can substitute tomato paste with tomato sauce. You can substitute uh, uh, iodine salt with rocky salt. But you can never substitute anything for prayer. You can never substitute anything with prayer. Nothing on earth can re replace prayer. You, ca you can replace nothing on earth with prayer. You it's either you are praying or you are praying. And when you are praying, you are praying. But when you are not praying, then you are losing. Because prayer is the way to win. Prayer is the way to win. Amen. There is nothing on earth that you can substitute with prayer. You cannot put anything in place of prayer. Whatever gap has been created in your life that must be filled with prayer, nothing else will be able to fill that gap. Tell your neighbor, pray. I want to hear you tell three people, pray, pray, pray. Tell three people, pray. Ah, the Lord just gave me a word for somebody. Many of you want to substitute prayer with seed sowing. You are a liar. No amount of dollars you sow can save you from prayer. You must pray. You can sow into my life. You can sow into the ministry. You can sow wherever you want to sow. But if you do not pray, you will not receive. Tell your neighbor, your seed does not replace prayer. Amen. Are you, are you loving this? We're going to pray soon. Oh, goodness. Let me, let me read what I have over here for you. I have over here. I said, prayer is the oven in which the word of God is baked. Paul told Timothy, he said that he must wage war with the prophecy released over his life. 
That war was not talking about get your guns and get your chest plates and all those things. That war was speaking about prayer. You must pray. Because prayer is the oven in which the word of God is baked. The word of God is like an ingredient. You see, you can mix your flour and you can add your milk and you can add your eggs and your little salt and your vanilla extract and your, and your, or essence and uh, your sugar and your whatnots and what if some of you are sweet toothed people so you put in a couple of chocolate chips and a couple of oreo biscuits uh, uh, just trying to trying to make some pancakes trying to make some pancakes uh, and you whip it all together and you will taste it and it tastes mm, it tastes good but you can't eat everything of that thing that unsatisfying uncooked unprepared unheated substance cannot be consumed to fill hunger you must heat it. You must bring in the heat. Somebody say, bring in the heat with your prayer. Uh, I'm going to tease my son. I'm going to tease my son. Uh, one of my sons put on his status today. He said, uh, pancakes with hazelnut spread won't be bad right now or something of that sort pancakes with hazelnut spread let me read it word for word some pancakes with chocolate hazelnut spread will literally bang right now he said the pancakes will literally bang right now and i'm sure that maybe after work he went to his favorite pancake spot trying to get his pancakes that are literally gonna bang right now because his team is not banging but that's all right and when he got to the place that he wanted to buy his pancakes if they should have brought him a bowl full of mixed flour and eggs and milk and salt and sugar and uh, hazelnut spread on the side i'm sure he would have looked at them and been like are you serious are you is arteta the manager of this restaurant are you even serious praise the lord but 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 but, but when he went to buy his pancakes they had to heat it up they brought in the heat 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 you have to bring in the heat with your prayer prayer is the oven in which the word of God is baked. In which the word of God is baked. When you watch these macho men, like 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 David Abuchi Dems drink their raw egg, you think they are crazy because they did not bring in the heat. You must bring in the heat. Tell your neighbor three times: bring in the heat, bring in the heat, bring in the heat. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 18 verse 1. And my Lord Jesus spake a parable unto them. To this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. My brother, my sister. <laughs> whenever Jesus speaks, it, it, is, it is irreversible. You cannot deny it. It is not just an advice. It is a law. Jesus said that men ought to pray always and not to faint. Always means always. You must pray when it is good. You must pray when it is bad. You must pray when you are unsure. You must pray when you are sure. You must pray when you have decided. You must pray when you have not decided. You must pray when you are thinking of which one to choose between decided and undecided. You must pray whether it is black. You must pray whether it is white. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must pray when it's raining. You must pray when the sun is shining. You must pray when the grades are good. You must pray when the grades are bad. You must pray before you get to school. You must pray when you get to school. You must pray whilst you are in the school. You are not understanding what I am saying. The praying life must be your only life. The praying life must be your only life. In the middle of your food, you should be able to drop the fork and say shatakabaya, reda gazuzo toka, and keep eating again because that's the only life that you know. If 15 minutes go by without you speaking a couple of tongues, then you are not living the praying life because you must be alert, you must be sharp because the enemy decides to come in like flood. He does not come in with small raindrops, he comes in as flood. But the Lord sets up a standard. The only way a standard can be set by the Lord is when you are alert, you are sharp, and you are praying. You must pray, oh my brother, you must pray. You see that sickness that you felt sick? Yeah, you were not praying. You see that time that your money was attacked? Yeah, you were not praying. You see that time that something bad happened in your family? Yeah, you were not praying. But now God has given you his word concerning prayer that you must pray always. You must pray always. You must pray Tell your neighbor, we ought to pray. We ought to pray. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain how intense prayer is to Jesus. He said that men ought to pray always. And then the only alternative to prayer is fainting. So if you are not praying, then you are fainting. Many of you are here and saying, Bishop, life is hitting me hard. I am tired. I am this. Ah, this is the reason. You are fainting because you are not praying. Mm. They don't want to hear it. They said, they are, I can hear them saying, but I'm going to preach it. I'm go- if it's going to be one person who is going to hear the truth, let the one person hear it and let the nations be blessed. Because whenever you decide not to pray, it means you are fainting. Your love for God will wax cold. You will faint. Your finances will dwindle, you will faint because you have decided not to pray. You found a reason not to pray. You think the reason justifies your prayerlessness. No, sir. No, ma. In fact, the reason has come to distract you that you will be prayerless so that the reason can expand in its reasons. Mm. You did not catch that because you are not praying. <laughs> the devil will throw something small your way to distract you from praying. So that he can now throw something big. That is his main aim. That is his agenda. That is his agenda. Praise the Lord. I want you to put your hand on your chest and say, Devil, you will not have my prayer life anymore. Do that for me. Say it three times. Say it three times. You will not have my prayer life anymore. You will not have my prayer life anymore. If you want to be a lion, you want to roar, (laughs) the only way to roar in this kingdom is to pray. It scares the devil. Fasting does not scare the devil. Reading the Bible does not scare the devil. Nothing scares the devil. When Jesus got to the disciples and then the demon had not left, He said, this one comes out only by prayer and fasting. Fasting comes to supplement prayer, meaning the true key is prayer. Because remember, the disciples did not know how to pray. How to pray. You must pray. You must pray. Today, I was praying for Uswa. 
praying for her in the in the Uber, praying for her, just praying, interceding for her. The Lord should shift her. I saw a vision. I saw a vision. You must pray. You must pray. Praying for Danadra. Praying for Sheila. Praying for everybody who sent your request. I prayed for you. You must pray. You must pray. You must pray. Tell your neighbor, our season of prayer has come. We must pray. Let me read what I wrote down to you and we launch into a time of prayer. The time is good to pray. Prayer must go up bef up and before a man. Let me explain it. Prayer must go up, that is to the heavens, to connect you for divine purpose and assignment. And prayer must go before you. That is, it must go to clear your path. It must go to clear your path. You must pray. You must pray. You must pray. And we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. This is, this is what I have to teach you for today.